You're listening to an old-time radio classic podcast presented by the Foggy Jack Live Podcast and Foggy Jack, the oddball lost boy of magic. Please enjoy. This is Boris Karloff speaking. I'm here with a story for you from the files of the Reader's Digest. This is the story of William Shakespeare's hometown. From October to April, life in this ancient market town of Stratford-on-Avon flows as gently as the river itself. But comes the spring and business booms. Long lines of pilgrims pay their shillings to see the house where Shakespeare was born, his mother's girlhood cottage, the property he bought when he returned as the local ne'er-do-well who had made good. Stratford-on-Avon is now second only to London, the chief dollar-making tourist haunt in Britain. But it took Stratford 250 years to wake up to its Shakespearean opportunities. In his day, Shakespeare's fellow citizens regarded him as a rather dubious blessing. To them, the theatre was a den of vice. For almost a century and a half, the only outsiders interested in Stratford were occasional scholars, and it wasn't until 1769 that a local landlord was able to rally his townsmen to a public celebration of Shakespeare's anniversary. That year, the great David Garrick came from London to organise a festival. With cannon salvos, public breakfasts and fireworks, there was everything except a Shakespearean performance. For a hundred years, this kind of celebration prevailed. Local businessmen made a little bit of pocket money out of the visitors, but the town seemed destined to remain a big, dull village. It was saved from this fate by a bearded giant of a brewer named Charles Edward Flower. It started when, back in 1870, the local folk wanted to erect a monument to Shakespeare. Said Flower, Shakespeare means plays, good ones. The monument we want is a theatre where people can come and see those plays. Flowers cowered England to raise money for a theatre, but the London press and the big wigs snubbed him. They called Stratford dull, forsaken, and said that its citizens were nobodies. Flower roared back. We've waited nearly 300 years for the somebodies to do something. Now we'll show what the nobodies can do. He built a theatre with his own money, and Stratford was on its way. Other local citizens went to work to remake their once sleepy community. and They stripped from their homes, shops and inns the ugly plaster fronts added in later centuries to reveal the fine timbered facades that lined the streets when Shakespeare lived. Fireplaces, cupboards, panels, beams, all the handsome Elizabethan details have been restored. And now the entire town is a living monument to William Shakespeare, shared by the plain folk of Stratford with the people of the whole world. I found the story of Stratford-on-Avon in the Reader's Digest backfiles, but in the current December issue of the magazine, there's the story of another small city with a big list of visitors. The city of this story is in France, the attraction, not a man, but a cathedral. The cathedral was built many centuries ago by the whole town. 
Men and women pitted the slight strength of their bodies against the heartless weight of stone to bring heavy limestone blocks from the quarries seven miles away into the town. Stone by stone, year by year, the church rose. The style in which it grew was new then. The soaring style of the pointed arch and the flying buttress which today we call Gothic. And the town, Chartres. The whole story of the miracle of Chartres, the building of the Christmas story in stone, appears in the December issue of the Reader's Digest. I'll be joining you soon again with more transcribed stories, but until next time, this is Boris Karloff saying goodbye.